Hello, my name is Doug Wyatt, a PhD scientist, a geologist and geophysicist, published with patents and a long history of managing major science and engineering research programs. I am a Christian. Many of my friends and acquaintances in science, technology, engineering, and many others I have chatted with on various occasions have discussed their thoughts on Christ and Christianity, a Creator God, the Bible and human history, and often how difficult it is to reconcile belief with science. I understand and have struggled with this myself. Science and Christian beliefs are often hard to reconcile, particularly in our modern technological world. Yet I know that many of you feel, sense, hear a quiet whisper, a deep sense need for something greater, larger, and more meaningful than ourselves. I want you to consider and to discuss that this is our Creator God calling to you personally and how to accept this. Therefore, I offer this brief series of podcasts as a scientist and a Christian, Consideration of Christianity as a Scientist, and this is podcast 15, Considering the History of Luke as a Scientific Witness of Early Christianity through his books of Luke and Acts. As a reminder, this series was created during the COVID-19 pandemic in the United States and the world. It is a very strange and stressful time. However, conditions such as we now experience really only affect our bodies, our physical selves. Enough affliction for sure, but our spirits, our souls, our hearts and minds cannot be touched by a virus. In this podcast, we are considering the history of Christianity immediately after Jesus and the event called the Pentecost. Acts, the book of Acts of the New Testament, is sort of a historical document, a summation of the first 20 or 30 years or so of the growth and expansion of Christianity. It is important for us to understand this. As scientific thinkers, this is one of the easiest biblical texts for us to accept. I hope you agree. First, scholars universally agree that it was written by Luke, the same Luke as the Gospel Luke writer or author. As a matter of fact, from a scholarship perspective, the Gospel of Luke and the Acts are companion texts sort of a volume one and a volume two of a history. As early as 120 AD, scholars who knew those involved accepted that Acts was written by Luke based on first-hand accounts. We talked about the Gospel of Mark in an earlier podcast. Luke and Mark most certainly knew each other and their Gospel texts are very similar. Luke may have had access to a document believed to have been circulating at the time called the Q document, a written collection or collections of the teachings of Jesus. It is obvious that in his gospel, Luke had access to information that the other gospel authors did not have or use. 
he had source material. Just a quick thought about Luke's Gospel. It is written from a different perspective than the other Gospels, but covers the same topics and time. It is thought to be written based on how Paul understood the Gospel he was given and he was preaching. Paul and Luke were companions and friends. Luke's Gospel, Paul even refers to it as his Gospel, is one of inclusion and openness to allow all into Christianity. There was no class, no rich or poor, no educated versus uneducated, no religious division. It was for everybody and anybody. It was a gospel of pity and care, hope, forgiveness, redemption, and love. Second, Luke was a doctor, a professionally educated and trained Greek. He was probably not Jewish by birth, but a Gentile, possibly even a Greek convert to Judaism, and traveled at various times with the Jewish apostle Paul. Some scholars believe Luke might have been a kinsman of Paul, but this is very uncertain. It is not known if he was an early follower of Jesus, but I like to think that he might have been. It is known that he did not directly witness or experience Jesus during Jesus' ministry because he says he did not. However, as a young medical student and doctor, he would want to see and understand this man called Jesus who could heal by word and touch. He did personally know and meet many of Jesus' disciples and followers, Jesus' contemporaries. He was a trained and educated observer and a rational thinker. He dedicated his works to a specific individual, Theophilus, a friend, maybe mentor, maybe family member, who by title and address was a Roman official, probably of Greek ancestry, with political significance and probably a sponsor of Luke. Luke was a trained thinker, trained to evaluate, seek data and proof, be skeptical, and had the need to convince himself of what he knew. It is foolish of modern humans to fall into the, into the trap of hubris where we think we are smarter, more intelligent, better educated than our ancestors. To believe this denies all that the Greeks, Romans, Sumerians, many others did and learned and passed along to us as the foundation for our modern world. There were as many highly intelligent people in the past by percentage as there are now. As scientific thinkers, we always evaluate the source, the a priori reasoning, the philosophy and training of the author whom we are studying. Luke is not recorded as performing any miracles, as giving any historical speeches, doing any great deeds, or of suffering any great injustices during his time with Paul. He is considered an evangelist. He just witnesses, evaluates, experiences, and records for us. A tremendous service to those of us who are scientifically minded and are believers. Because of Luke's attributes, we can believe the writings of Paul and Peter from the same perspective. Many believe that he was not just a companion of Paul, historian and doctor, but was also an artist. Who knows? Luke's type of death is disputed, but it is generally accepted that he died when he was 84 years old. By Luke's training and education, the quality, scholarship, and internal consistency of his writing, 
His profession and his dedication to a person of significant authority all suggest that the accounts recorded in the Gospel of Luke and in the Acts of the Apostles carry the weight of truth and scholarship. He even used some of the same medical terms of the day in both documents and the terminology used by later physicians such as Galen, all trained after the school of Hippocrates. As scientific thinkers, this gives us confidence of the truth and competency of what he says while the history and events he tells gives us faith. Thirdly, it is not known if Luke's gospel was written first, but it is suspected that it was due to internal references. However, both the gospel and Acts were most likely written sometime in the period between 59 and 63 of the modern Christian era while he was traveling with Paul. Both books are addressed to the same person, Theophilus. Fourth, both documents, the Gospel of Luke and the Acts of the Apostles, substantiate much of the other recorded writings of the New Testament. Luke's writings is sort of an academic base document. In many ways, I feel a kindred spirit to Luke. And in many ways, Luke is one of my heroes. So let's discuss a little bit about what Luke wrote about. We've already defined that he was an educated man and scholar who critiqued his own writings and verified them and observed and witnessed much of what he wrote. So we can trust what he wrote. As scientific thinkers, we're reading the works of a scientifically trained individual. So what did he write about? The early chapters of Luke recount the days right after Pentecost and stories of Peter, James, and John. It is believed that Luke may have had direct interaction with Peter and been an eyewitness to many of those events. Working with Paul in the Western Church, it is thought that Luke would have met many of the church's leaders that are named in the Bible. Peter, John, James, Barnabas, Silas, Timothy, Titus, Apollos, Aquila, Priscilla, and many others. Basically, Luke is a witness to the creation of Western Christianity as it was taught by Paul and Peter and applied to the Gentiles, the Romans, the Greeks, the Germans, the barbarians, all the tribal families, everyone else who was non-Jewish. As a matter of fact, after the first few chapters of Acts, he does not mention much at all about Christianity developing in Jerusalem or among the Jews, and not much at all about the Jewish Church of Christ. Nor does he talk that much about the church as it was taught by Philip or Bartholomew to the Ethiopian churches or the churches in North Africa. Luke was a witness to the activities of Paul primarily in the Western world of Rome, Greece, Spain, and Europe. It is highly likely that being an educated witness with Paul of all the things that happened to that group associated with Paul as they taught Christianity, that Luke was probably an eyewitness and in the presence of such historic people as 
Agrippa, Felix, Nero, and other high leaders of the Western Roman Empire. Stopping here, I want to mention this as we discuss Luke and Acts. In no way do I want to imply that it takes logic or a scientific approach to understand the teachings of Jesus or to understand God or to believe, but for us trained in science, we can discover and think in ways about these topics that will help us believe. Okay, continuing with some details about what Luke wrote about, what he recorded. So what did our educated and trained medical scientific observer Luke research, study, witness, see, experience, describe, understand, and report back to his mentor and supporter Theophilus? By the way, Many scholars believe that the Gospel of Luke, as well as the Acts, contains some of the finest Greek writing, grammar, usage, found within the text of the New Testament, a further validation of the educational quality of the author, Dr. Luke. So considering some of the things that Luke wrote about. In Acts, Luke picks up after his Gospel of Luke writing his conversation to Theophilus, continuing his research into the final days of Jesus. His research indicates he spoke with those who had seen and spoken with the resurrected Jesus and the 40 additional days and how Jesus told the followers to stay in Jerusalem to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and how his followers would be his witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. As a science-minded person, he is recounting facts as best as he can verify them. Luke then recounts the testimony of those who saw Jesus ascend into a cloud and the statements of two men who appeared, dressed in white, angels, saying, This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Luke continues. He then recounts a procedural activity, much as any scientist or historian would, about the statement of Peter telling about the death of Judas, remember the disciple who betrayed Jesus, and the need to replace him to restore the original twelve. They proposed two men who had been with them the whole time, but whom Jesus had not selected as the original twelve. They chose a man named Matthias. Luke, in his Acts, records the event and actions of the Pentecost, Peter's address to the crowd and the response that happened, all very matter-of-factly and precisely, and sets the facts and basic actions of Christianity for those who would believe. He recounts witness accounts of the form of the Spirit falling on the apostles, a visible manifestation of spiritual energy seen and witnessed by those there. As a science-trained person, Luke might have questioned this and offered alternative explanations, but he did not. He was convinced that this happened with the verification from multiple witnesses and those who experienced the event. He even recalls some of the immediate results of the event new mental capabilities such as language skills, enhanced speaking and knowledge skills, 
even recording the disbelief of those who thought that these apostles might be drunk without giving an explanation from those who accused the apostles of being drunk as to how they had these new skills. In a way, Luke is making fun of those who accused the apostles of drunkenness. Luke, as a trained observer and physician, a scientist, a technical writer, Luke did not dismiss the account of the Pentecost because of the quality of his sources and the obvious fact of the results of the event. To Luke's trained mind, all of this happened. It was the action of the Holy Spirit as promised by Jesus to his apostles and the beginning of the Christian church as we know it. Luke recounts another story whereby Peter and John were going to the Jewish temple to pray and stopped and healed a crippled beggar and were then called before the Jewish temple leadership, the Sanhedrin, to give a very precise explanation for their action and the role of the Christ. It is interesting to mention that the Sanhedrin, a group of educated men, commented that Peter and John were uneducated men yet gave a very precise, courageous explanation of Jesus and what was going on. This is recorded from witnesses that it caused concern and confusion in the Sanhedrin since the healed man, a man who was over 40 years old and had standing in the community, was standing there with them and that all of Jerusalem knew what had happened. They were between a rock and a hard place and just commanded Peter to not speak like this again when Peter then replied, Judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God, for we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Importantly for this podcast discussion, these statements were recorded by Luke, who would not have done so had he not verified them. Luke then recounts the story of Ananias and Sapphira, two new converts to Christianity, a married couple, giving money to the newly developing Christian church, but lying about the amount, stating that what they gave was all they had from a piece of land they had sold, all the while keeping some back. This was reckoned to them as lying to the Holy Spirit, and they died. The money and land was theirs to use, but saying that they gave all when they kept some back was a lie to God, and they were punished. If they told the truth, it would have been fined. Luke tells this story as a fact. If it were not, it would have been too easy to disprove. So Luke believed this data was good, and there is no record of it being challenged or denied by other reputable sources. One of those biblical stories that many do not want to believe, but that is recounted by a very credible and reputable source. Luke in Acts recounts the early apostles teaching and healing in the Jewish temple in Jerusalem, specifically in the part known as Solomon's Colonnade. Very specific information. This was a dynamic period, fairly short in duration, whereby the Jewish authorities did not know what to do about these new Christians. In Acts chapter 5, the story of the advice of Gamaliel, a member of the Sanhedrin, is interesting in its approach. Gamaliel offers advice to the members of the Sanhedrin. 
I suggest you read this in chapter 5 of Acts and develop your own thought as to the results of that decision in light of history. It is very insightful. Luke then records an interesting set of events, famous in the Bible, that introduced three actions that began the spread of the followers of Christ. First, the story of the martyrdom of Stephen, also a Greek, and his accusations against the Jewish leadership leading to his death. And second, at his death, the supporting accuser known as Saul, soon to become Paul, and as the result of all of this, the scattering of all the new Christian converts to areas outside of Jerusalem and the following persecution by the Jews of these new Christians. These events and this recount is considered factual because it has historical accuracies and matches the logical disbursement of Christianity from Jerusalem. It is interesting to note that by now, Jewish authorities themselves had to acknowledge all the followers of Christ and his teachings by having to persecute those who believed. Christianity was now a clear and present danger to the Jews and a de facto movement and new philosophy in the world, which at the time was being called the way. The Jews at the time beginning this persecution is an obvious acknowledgement of the existence of this new line of events in history, an acknowledgement of the beginning of Christianity. A bit later, Luke describes the story of the conversion of Saul to Paul. Paul became the principal name in spreading Christianity in the Western world. I encourage you to read the ninth chapter of Acts and consider it in light of the remainder of the history of Paul and the New Testament and the spread of Christianity. No matter your belief or analysis, something happened to this man that changed the course of human history. Remember, Luke spent much of time with Paul later in both their lives, so the account is basically a first-hand account that Luke recorded first-hand discussions with Paul. And all those with Paul, all of those that surrounded him, all of those that also knew these stories. Luke then describes in detail the actions of Peter, a Jewish fisherman turned chief of the apostles and followers of Christ, and Cornelius, a Roman centurion and man of great authority. Even though many Greeks had become Christians, this story is truly the beginning of Christianity growing beyond Judaism and into the non-Jewish world. Luke is recounting for Theophilus and for the future what had become common knowledge at the time. If Luke had contrived this information, it could have been easily denied and obfuscated by other scholars of the day. It was not. Luke records for us an explanation, the explanation given by Peter of the acceptance and conversion of the non-Jewish Gentiles, the reason why a basically and uniquely Jewish phenomenon and a history of beliefs back to Mesopotamian times led to Christianity and Western Christianity. 
Luke records several historical accounts and the selection of Paul and Barnabas to go westward as evangelists to carry the new Christian faith to the Western world. Pretty much the rest of Acts begins here to record primarily the history and events surrounding Paul. The language and Greek forms used by Luke indicate first-hand knowledge of these events and many are described with a high level of detail expected from a trained and educated observer. Reading the book of Acts is like reading a combination biography, historical record, and theological text, which is what we would exactly expect from Dr. Luke. So what is the takeaway from considering Luke? For me, as a scientific thinker, that a scientifically trained and educated observer, a very competent author and writer, was an eyewitness and student of the events of early Christianity and was a believer, a Christian. His education and training did not deter him from his belief and only helped validate it. His trained and educated reasoning mind accepted Christ and Christianity as real important and as something of maximum value so much so that he dedicated his life to it Luke a scientific thinker wrote over 25 percent of the New Testament by words the Gospel of Luke and the history of Acts and by reasonable data extraction and document analysis validated much more the writings of Paul while he was in Rome were all done while Luke was there or are suspected to have been done while Luke was there. Luke gave reality to the beginning of Christianity tied to the academic regimen of known history. He painted pictures of events by his descriptions that we can see in our minds and that have been made into movies and novels. In all of his writings, observations, and his understanding, he saw the role and action of God and Jesus growing throughout the Western world. Luke was writing to us so that we may believe, and by believing, be saved. Thank you, and I look forward to you in our next podcast.